Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. To you, I am so glad that numbers of you were here yesterday evening and have come back again for the second instalment. Just before we get into the message, I wondered, Caroline, would you, would you just come and join me on, on here? Don't all look strange at me like this, okay, when you do that. Um, I, I, just, I just thought it would be important for us to just express our, our you can stand next to me, it's okay, um, our, our, our love and, and appreciation uh, to, to you all for your incredible um, uh, support, um, your hard work of this year, Uh, to make all of this year happen, which culminates very much in Christmas. We've literally welcomed hundreds of people across our Christmas services over both campuses. And uh, we know that oftentimes uh, much of the, if I can use this word carefully, praise is often reflected to me and Caroline, but actually we're very mindful that it's as a result of just some superb teams of people that work tirelessly, Uh, across the life of the church and within the community and uh, also a great team of pastors and elders that we have here and trustees that make sure that this this church remains on track and what I mean by remains on track it remains good in terms of the charity commissioner but also remains good in terms of the kingdom of God and what we're called to do which is reach people touch broken people's lives and so we couldn't do without you thank you for your love and gifts and words of encouragement to us over the year it means you'll have no idea what it means to us to know that people are praying for us supporting us and are with us so thank you so very much I wonder if you could give yourself a round of applause you can go and sit yourself down The other thing to notice, if you don't know, but my daughter was the one who was singing here and she gets her singing voice from her dad. (laughs) Baby, I can hit those high notes. You better believe it. Okay. And while I'm on a bit of a roll now, Di, would you just come on the stage, please, just for a minute? I've I've got to get myself a pair of these. Not heels like, but just smaller heels like. I mean, look at these. The, 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 yeah, you can go now. Okay. <laughs> Die is not shy on this thing called the stage. <laughs> and we love you for that, Die. <laughs> it really is terrific and great for us to be together. I was very emotional this morning in worship. Particularly when we came to that line in the song about making room for Jesus. And um, Chris is going to have a job on his hands Uh, to try and follow me um, in terms of where I want to go. And whilst I'm on that, can I also say a very big thank you to all those who've been part of the production today and over the weekend, the lighting, the staging, the organisation. Last night at the Christmas fair was remarkable. The video that Jordan wrote and, you know, was produced, just tremendous. And uh, I'm just very, very grateful. So thanks, guys, for trying to follow me on the media and uh, the sound and, and everything else. But let me go back to the emotion for a moment. The emotion of, uh, of the moment for me was the line, will we make room for Jesus? Some of us here today, I'm telling you, this is a moment. This is your time for you to make a decision to make room for Jesus. You've, 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 you've been making room for everything else, 
and you've tried everything else and that's and that in some ways is is fine that's the journey of life that we all undertake we all have choices but in this moment the lord is drawing you to himself and he's saying to you will you make room for me at this time this video is all about time it's all about seasons it's all about moments I've got to give you a dodgy joke. Is that okay? Yeah. There's, there's, one, there's one joke that I've got. Well, it's a funny story because I was hearing a story about a man who'd had many years, had much time, and his name was Morris. He was a man of advancing years and he'd lost his beautiful wife, unfortunately, of 40 years. He went to the doctor to get a physical due to some hearing loss and the usual aches and pains associated with older age. A few days later, the doctor saw Morris walking down the street with a gorgeous younger woman on his arm. He had a spring in his step and a smile on his face. And a couple of days later, the doctor spoke to Morris and said, you're really doing great, aren't you, Morris? And Morris replied, just doing what you said, doctor. Get a hot mama and be cheerful. The doctor said, I didn't say that. I said, you've got a heart murmur, be careful. I think it's better the second time round, actually. <clears throat> time passes so quickly. It really does. And for me, Christmas time makes me very, very reflective. It fills my heart with gladness when I see children enjoying all that they enjoy. And we enjoy all those things. Children get so excited about Santa Claus coming this evening. And uh, just the presence and just the gatherings that we have, it's just wonderful. It really is. But also Chris makes, uh, Christmas makes me very, very contemplative in terms of our lives. And in that video, there was reference to the fact that time is like an ever-running river that flows softly by. The past is gone and the future is yet to come. And the present exists and expires all at once. How true that is. And if I was to say anything this, this morning and really just underline and title the message, it would be making the most of the time that we have. Making the most of the time that we have. Now you may be asking yourself, I've come here for a Christmas message. You're going to get a Christmas message. Don't worry about that. But this is just part of my introductions because actually the Christmas message was about a time. And we need to understand the time in which Jesus was born. Let me be clear. This baby was no ordinary baby. This baby is the Son of God, was the Son of God. This baby laid down all the privileges and all the pleasures and all the comfort and all the safety of heaven. To come amongst mankind. Why? Because we were making a real mess of things. Sin had entered the world. Trouble was all around, all around us. Chaos was all across the earth. In fact, the Bible records about the time and the coming of Jesus. It says this, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. There was gross darkness over that time in which Jesus came. And a great light has dawned. He declares of this Jesus 
This baby that people get all cuddly and all sentimental about, this little baby wasn't just, like I said, an ordinary baby. He was the light of the world. He was light that was going to shine in your darkness. In this world's gross darkness, there is light that is being declared and light that is wanting to be shined. It may be that your life is full of darkness. It may be that your life is full of chaos. It may be your life is full of problems. I want to tell you, Jesus wants to shine light into your darkness. That's what he did for me. And he did work for hundreds of people across Arena Church. This light is shining. And it was shining because it was a problematic and uncertain time in which Jesus was born into the world. There were problems, there was chaos, there was difficulties surrounding the birth of Jesus. I'd encourage you to read the Gospel of Matthew. The, the, the Bible is made up and we're going to give you a gift at the end. For those who haven't got a Bible, we want to give you a, a gift. And last night, every one of the Bibles went, which was remarkable. Every single Bible was taken. And we want to encourage you again, if you've not got a Bible, it's our gift to you. The Bible is made up of the Old Testament and the New Testament very quickly. And the New Testament, the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, they just named that because they were the guys who wrote it. They account, numbers of them account the birth of Jesus, particularly Matthew and Luke. And in those accounts, you'll see the account of both Joseph and of Mary. And you'll see the problems and uncertainty that surrounded them. Because if you think you've got problems, what about Joseph and Mary? They were betrothed to be married. But then Joseph realized Mary, Mary is carrying a baby. But here's the problem. Joseph is thinking to himself, that ain't mine. What do you do with that? You think you've got problems. You've got a fiancé who you know you have not slept with and she's now pregnant. And the Bible records that there needed to be an angelic visitation that says, Joseph, this is not, there's been no misgivings going on here. The baby that she's carrying is born of God. She's carrying my child. <laughs> Continue to proceed. So he, he, he determined, you've got to read the account, he determined in his heart that he would not sleep with her. It says he would not consummate the marriage until she gave birth to Jesus, but he continued with that. But here's another problem. What do you do with Mary? Mary's now thinking, you ladies and this children, is want to be careful, but you don't understand the cycle of when you go into ladies and everything. Oh my goodness, what's happening here? There's no cycle. What's happening? Oh, there's something that's... Now, I don't know how she... Because they didn't have doctors where they have blue strip tests where they're able to, you know, and... Oh, look, it was none of that. But she knew. What was she meant to do with it? She, she was a young woman and she'd never slept with anybody. Last night, I got myself in trouble because I used the word virgin and what somebody turned to one of the grandmas and said, what's a virgin? And she said, and she said Tell, ask your mother later. So... There you go. If you want to do that again, ask your mums. Okay. <laughs> it's true. She never slept with anybody. I have such confidence in this book. I believe this stuff to, stuff to be true. And again, 
there was a visitation that came and said, don't worry, Mary. And she, she was distressed. It says she was distressed. What does this mean? That what you're carrying is born of God. So if you think you've got problems, let's talk to Mary and Joseph. It goes from bad to worse because as they're now having to go to a place to register the birth because the Romans had said you've got to go to the place of your birth, she then decides to pop. Sorry for being so blunt. She couldn't help herself. I, I, I love stories like this. I, you know, I read the newspaper and then you hear of a story of somebody who's walking into, waddling in, a woman's waddling into Tesco and ah, all of a sudden waters and boom, out it comes. You know, I know it doesn't happen like that, ladies. I've, I've been through four of my own and it was hard work, guys, isn't it? It's hard work carrying these. Anybody with me, fellas? It's hard work carrying these babies, okay? Don't all fall out with me, okay? She was walking and she just knew Joseph. You imagine it, Joseph. Oh, it's now. What do you mean now? It's now. It's happening. We need to get a room. And everywhere they went, there was no room for them. Where are we going to have this baby? And they find a shed with animals. They gave birth. You think you've got problems? Not a great start. And then to make matters worse, the wise men... They just tell the king, we're looking for a star. They automatically go to the palace because they think that's where you're going to find the king. But of course, the king of kings was not going to be born into splendor. He was going to be born amongst humanity. So he could understand the human needs, the human's fears that we all face. And they knocked on the palace door and said, the king is here. How do you know? There's a star that announces coming. And the king Herod says, he's not here. But once you find him, can you tell me? And secretly, the king had determined in his heart there was going to be no other king other than himself. And he issued a decree that every boy under the age of two was to be uh, executed. So here we find Mary and Joseph now on the run. They're having to flee their land to go to a land that's not their own (laughs) because of the threat of execution. Why am I saying all of this? Problematic and uncertain times. Please don't buy into the glitz of the Christmas cards of what we see around the coming of Jesus. Jesus understands your pain. He understands your fears. He understands your uncertainties. He understands your challenges. Why? Because he was born into it. He determined that he was going to connect with you and me where I was at. Oh, who, who would he would own up to having fears? Who would own up this year to be in a world of uncertainty? Who would own up this year to being challenged? Lots of us. Lots of us. He understands every uncertainty, every problem, every challenge. And by the way, those who are in faith, those who know Jesus and you've made room for Jesus in your heart, can I encourage you just for a moment to be purveyors of hope? To bring hope in this problematic and uncertain world? Can we share hope to the world? Can we share the good news of Jesus to the world? Listen, we have the hope of the world inside of us. His name is Jesus. And we announce His coming confidently. He loves mankind. He's committed to you. He's committed to me. He's committed to us wherever we come from. 
So there are problematic and uncertain times, but also I want to just talk for a moment about personal times. Because not only was the coming of Jesus problematic and uncertain times, but it was a very personal time because, as I've already said, Mary and Joseph were issued a challenge. Anybody love the Mission Impossible films? I absolutely love the Mission I actually think I'm what's Ethan Hunt. I actually, I actually can roll like James Bond, actually. You, you ask my niece, where is she, Jordan? I got it. No, oh. No, I'm not. The last time I rolled, okay, the last time I rolled, Josh, I, 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 I actually broke my ribs, okay? So I'm not about to do that. And it was trying to get Jordan out at rounders. And by the way, even though I broke my rib, I still got her out. Well, aren't I a nasty uncle? Where is Jordan? Where is she? She's there. She's smiling, smiling. And... <clears throat> mission Impossible says this. If you would like to uh, accept this mission, and that's what effectively the angel came to Mary and Joseph and said, will you accept this personal time, this personal moment to carry God's son. There's a personal time. There's a moment in time. I'm not about to break out into song, but there is a moment. There is a special moment that comes to every single one of us. And there is a moment in time when God comes to every single one of us and says this, will you make room for me? Will you give me your heart? Will you come like the shepherds did and left the sheep and Bow down in worship to this baby. The wise men left the palace and the luxury of the palaces to travel great distances on camels across countries. And they did exactly the same. They come, came and brought their gifts. I mean, how bizarre is this? God who owns everything, they brought a gift to him. And they bowed down in worship to the Savior. It was a personal moment. It was a personal time. There is a time when every one of us start to ask some questions, which again we saw on the video. Is my life futile? In the billions of people that surround planet Earth, is there any meaning to my life? Am I known only by a few? Am I meant to be more than I'm presently living? Lots of people ask questions like this. Is there more to life than this? That is a great question. And I don't matter, don't care where you are or how old you are or where you've come from. At some point in your life, you will ask yourself questions like that. Even if everything's going well for you, you will in the midst of things going well. And what I've realized is things go well for people. And in the going well, actually, you think you're going to be all good and everything's fine. and You're all content, but you're the most uncontent when you have everything. When you think you've attained everything, when all your aspirations have been realized and you start to look and say, is this it? I know that to be true because the Bible says eternity has placed in the heart of every man and woman. There's something inside of us that begins to yearn and ask for more. And it's a personal time. 
There are seasons of change and some of you are at the springtime and as I look around these beautiful children who are behaving themselves so well, they are in the very early stages of life and God willing, they will have many, many years to come. And I pray that over all our children and young people here, may you know good health, may you know the blessing of God in the days ahead. But as I look around, there are some people who are approaching the winter of their lives a little older. And again, I pray over you good health. I pray the blessing and favour of God upon you. I pray that even in your passing, you will know his presence and you will know his health and strength. But there are seasons of life that we all go through. And every one of those are personal to us. In fact, the Bible says this about our lives, about the seasons. Our life is like a mist, James 4.14. Our life is like a mist. It is here for a while. And then it vanishes. On every seat, I wonder if you'd just take this if you saw it. Just go with me, even if you was with me last night. Just give me your attention once you've got it. So this is your gift. I don't want you to do anything with it at this moment. I'm going to do something with it. I just want you to watch me for a moment, please. Just give me just a few minutes. I put a ruler, the years of our life, and I've often reflected, do I want to live till I'm 100? I'm sorry, and Hazel will be celebrating her 90th birthday in January. And there's numbers of other people who are approaching, fast approaching Hazel. So please, I'm not trying to be rude or... But for me, this is me, I've thought about... And Isaac was really upset when I spoke about this again. So sorry, son, but I'm going to do it again. I really am thinking about, you know, 90. I know you can't determine when, once, you've, once you've gone, but in an ideal world, if God could give me those more years and I'll serve him and I'll love him and I'll serve you the best that I can in that time. But I really don't want that bit. Is that okay? So that's me. You might say, oh no, I'm going to live till I'm 140. Okay, then you just add (laughs) some more paper to it. But for me, because I know it's hard to believe, but I'm now in my mid-40s. I know looking at this fine specimen of a man. Why are you all laughing so much? This is just very, very hurtful. <laughs> but, you know, that's gone. And that's the point. That's gone. So those two bits have gone. Bob Ty, one of our guys here, said to me last night, he said, this always gets me, and it always gets me. Because this is what I'm left with. This is what I'm left with. I'm left with some very short years. The Bible says my life is like a mist. It's here today and gone tomorrow. The question is, everybody just give me your attention for a moment. What are you going to do with this? Yesterday is gone. Even this moment is gone. What are you going to do with this moment that's going to affect your future? Honestly, confidently, lovingly, gently, 
I can't think of a better thing to say to you, but please, in this, make room for Jesus. Please make room for Jesus. One thing I know about Jesus is it doesn't, faith in Jesus doesn't mean that everything's going to be easy. It doesn't mean that everything's going to be plain sailing. It doesn't think, mean that everything's going to be light and joyous and all the time. It doesn't mean that you're going to have your bank account filled with money. It doesn't mean any of those things. But what it does mean is this. That whilst you're navigating this thing called life, the good, the bad, and the indifferent, you have someone who is walking with you. You have a confidence that you're not alone. You have a confidence that even though, as David says, even though I may walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And we can know, we can know, we can know an absolute confidence in placing our lives in his hands. What I also do realize is as we do that, it's been a verse that has kept us on track. I wrote a letter to a man by the name of David Sherman over the Christmas time because it was early on in our marriage. We'd only been married probably a year and he preached a message, simple message from Matthew 6 verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And I wrote to him and just said to him, David, that verse, that message has affected our marriage, has affected our life. It's kept our marriage together. It's kept our kids together. It's kept our ministry together. It's kept me sane as I've sought God first, as we have sought God first. And what I do know is, as we place him at the center, then all these things are added unto us. I'm a blessed man. We are blessed people. God has done so much good for us. And what I know is, as we make room for Jesus then he responds to our faith. I wonder if we'd bow our heads. My time is gone.